We are the Adventuring Guild. We are the Adventuring Guild. We are the Adventuring Guild. And this is the Home Brew Review. Thank you for tuning in to the Homebrew Review Podcast, a member of the Adventuring Guild family of podcasts. If you would like to know more about us or our shows, head on over to our website at theadventuringguild.com. If you would like to join one of our shows and support us, head over to patreon.com slash adventuringguild. Last but not least, please leave us a five-star review and we'll be sure to read it out on air. Thank you all again, and on to our show. Thank you for joining us for this very first and way too long time, the Home Brew Review. We are back again, and we are going to be doing a short little, not a short, but we were going to be doing a Home Brew Review based upon our Compendium of Curious Subclasses, which is an amazing document that will be coming to Kickstarter very, very soon. And this is your preview of a few of the classes that are within it. This document was made by the guild and for everybody else out there that loves homebrew and fun, quirky classes. So check that out once it launches on Kickstarter. Check our social medias will have it. I uh, hope our amazing social media person will post it up probably everywhere that she can possibly think of. So we will go ahead and get started with a quick little introduction of all of the players. So going from the top down on our Discord, uh, Lydia, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your character and uh, introduce yourself and whatnot. Oh, oh goodness, right. Hello, I'm Lydia. I will be playing uh, my character, Illinois, who is going to be starting off a level 5 Terra Domain Cleric. The Terra Domain is a lovely little subclass, which was made by myself, actually. And while this may be accused of being a bit nepotistic, I resent <laughs> judgment. <laughs> <laughs> You're tooting your own horn, we'll say. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this is a good chance, because this is one I've actually been hoping to play for quite a while. Um, especially when it just comes to the ability to have, or make more of the sort of uh, enchantment and manipulation sort of style more viable for clerics, um, as well as uh, sort of large-scale debuffs. So this should be fun. I'm, I'm very excited for this one. Awesome. What's one or two features that you're really looking forward to in the beginning? Uh, screaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> both in character and out. That being that I have this lovely little channel divinity that I'm looking forward to using, which lets me s scream a la sort of Lord of the Rings Nazgul style. And basically, uh, over a huge sort of area, sort of begin to have massive debuffs to wisdom and Christmas days, and then hopefully couple that up with some powerful enchantment spells. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Fantastic. All right, down the line to Micah. Hi, it's me again. I'm sure you've missed me. I've missed you. Um, I did. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Nope, that's fine. Um, so once <laughs> I said, uh, this is Micah back after a very long uh, hiatus and I will be 
regaling you all with the tale of Dmitri Kavroya, the Minotaur Barbarian of the Path of the Siege Engine. Um, this is a subclass that was made by uh, Brayden Five Ash, and it was just a thing of beauty when I saw it. Just, I'm going to be a barbarian that just wants to tear down all the walls. Um, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care if it's necessary or not. That that wall is that wall is gonna fall. Like I said, it's just a really interesting looking class. That's kind of a unique take on the barbarian. Um, really kind of looking forward to utilizing a special weapon that Brayden created for this particular subclass. Uh, you get access to a siege sling, which is a scaling damage ranged weapon that uses strength as your attack modifier. So. Hey, that's always great. Um, that also benefits from raging once you reach the third level with the wall breaker feature. Um, also kind of interested in the, uh, the the battlefield eye that I'll be getting at sixth level that will kind of give you the, uh, the, the ability to really take on almost a role of a little bit of battlefield manipulation and try to figure out what your opponents are going to do next and work off of that information to try to decide what your best course of action is. All in all, really excited to be back again and hoping to do justice by Mr. Brayden with what I'm hoping to be one of the most fun barbarian subclasses I have seen in a while. Fantastic. Uh, going on down the line now, Stygius. Hi, everybody. <clears throat> Stygius has returned. I missed Bob. I missed Micah. I missed everybody. This was... It was nice to see that we're going to get another game going. So, <clears throat> first of all, I want to say the Sapper, right? Lydia, that was yours? Mm-hmm. Nicely done. I thought you were playing it, so I elected not to play it and go with something else. But holy cow, that was great. Uh, but I will be playing today is the Cultist, and my Cultist name is Dunkel Pesterbottom. <laughs> He's a forest gnome who has no business being in the forest. And because he has no business being in the forest, he can't survive. He had to seek out a patron in the Arch Fae to help him survive and make his way through the forest. The Cultist is a hybrid rogue slash warlock <clears throat> build that allows you to do roguey things with a little bit of spellcasting. Uh, kind of focuses on the Eldritch Blast, but with each patron, you're allowed, whichever patron you choose, your Eldritch Blast and other abilities are augmented. And we'll and get through those as we play through. I'm excited to get to ninth level because that's when I really get to start modifying things. But basically, I'm a sneaky rogue who I'm going to get you. <laughs> All right. And then uh, down at the bottom, Zero, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your character. Uh, yeah, and I'll play the uh, Golemancer Wizard uh, uh, School. I picked it because, frankly, I'm a sucker for minion classes. You know, that's, yeah, if I'm being honest here. Uh, so I'm interested to see uh, what we can do with these golems, some, some unique uh, usages for them. I think I have one in mind, so we'll we'll see how it works out. Um, it seems uh, uh, interesting from what I've been reading, uh, and I like that there are options for it, like as you... As you uh, Level up. There's different selections of golems you can pick, which wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Uh, I, I was thinking like a build a bot type of thing at first, but you get like a preset of selections, so uh, it is nice to have those available. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how she goes. Fantastic. 
All right. Uh, just a little sidebar, guys. The nostalgia here when you guys were going over your stuff. Oh, man, how I missed this. All right. So, uh, like I said, a couple more little meta things. Uh, once we get started, the magic items and the items you find within the dungeon, you guys get to keep. But other than that, we're not going to be delving out uh, magic items for this section. That was one of our criticisms of last time is because some of the magic items that we got, even simply a plus one sword or dagger, was sometimes enough to tip the scales a little bit. So if it is within the dungeon, you guys get to keep it. If it is not within the dungeon, we're not going to hand anything else out on the side. Other than that, we will go ahead and get started then. So where we are beginning, belying the, the building's outer shabbiness, this room is immaculate. A table covered in trays of sumptuous food and bottles of wine stand directly across from the entrance. Along the north and south walls stand two statues carved in an ancient style of a woman with a dark globe in her hands who seems to hold the entire room in her gaze. Two small doors lead to the south and a large door leads east. So, because I know you guys won't meta, I am going to take a picture of this and post it up in recording chat because Bob forgot to do that ahead of time. But basically, you guys are in a very large room uh, with a table in front of you. There are two statues and... Uh, yeah. You just see there's two statues? There are two statues. <laughs> Which I one do I touch first? <laughs> Tiny man, I strongly suggest you not touch the statues. I'm going to listen to the cow. I do, by the way, I do have a wisdom of eight, so. Oh, great. <laughs> so what would you guys like to do from there? Dimitri, can I touch the statue? <laughs> you can touch the statue if I can go, uh pick up big chunk of roast beef and eat it. Isn't that cannibalism? <laughs> it's only half cannibalism. I am only half cow. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, oh my god. Um, okay, this is definitely not a vegan minotaur. So, I'm gonna take some time to, to kind of saunter around the room and do some in investigating. Uh, I do have expertise in perceptions. So I'd like to just make a general perception check and see what's up. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Alright, so go ahead and roll me the perception check. So 13 plus 4 and with uh, so 4, that's my intelligence. So 17. And then we add with expertise, I add my proficiency twice. So 17, 23. All right, fantastic. You can tell immediately that the uh, table covered in very delicious num-nums uh, is actually just trail rations and water. It was an illusion over the top of it. I'm going to make a deception check and be like, that roast beef looks amazing. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> As soon as somebody's hand touches the table to grab said delicious roast beef, it becomes dispelled for them. So they would immediately know that they're grabbing, you know, hard tack and uh, trail mix or whatever. <laughs> you are a purveyor of lies. <laughs> I reach out and in disappointment pick up roast beef that turns to not roast beef, but eat anyway. I, yep. Oh, uh, actually, so uh, you eat the trail mix anyway? Yeah. All right. Uh, so you get a plus two bonus on wisdom checks while you are within this building. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. Wisdom perception. Excuse me. So plus two to perception checks. Plus five now. 
Okay. Anybody else want to do anything? Oh, uh, you said you were going to touch the statue, correct? Yeah, yeah. I actually, I screwed up. I added my intelligence instead of my wisdom, so that would have actually been 18 instead of the 23. That's still more than enough. Okay. Uh, My my apologies. I don't want people hearing that being like, this guy doesn't even know how to read a character sheet. (laughs) No, you're fine. Uh, And the statue, when you touch it, uh, it is just cold marble. There's no illusion there like what was on the table. Uh, If you give me a moment, I might be able to try something to get a sense of this place. You do what you gotta do. (laughs) Alright, I'm going to... I'm going to have some of that fake beef. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. I'm just gonna sort of like readjust myself just uh, with my uh, sort of clanking sinister black armor and uh, I'm gonna start <laughs> casting uh, Detect Magic. Uh, I'll just use a spell slot for this. Okay, uh, as you cast Detect Magic, you see the illusion that has covered the entire table. Um, it's it illusion magic. Uh, and then from the door, uh, because our viewers don't have numbers, uh, it's number two for you guys that are here, uh, but it is the lower left-hand corner room. Uh, you sense some sort of divine magic there, uh, but I, it doesn't have... A, oh, divination magic, excuse me. Uh, divination magic within that room, kind of from that doorway. <laughs> but other than that... Uh, let me flip pages again. Uh, that is the only magic that you sense. I will relay that onward. Someone is spying on us. I do not like. <clears throat> I, for one, love a crowd. <laughs> I'm gonna. Do you, do you want maybe I should uh, break door and wall? <laughs> That's right. You hate walls. There are too many walls in this building. <laughs> <laughs> I have no love for masonry. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that you broke down the front doors when you walked in here. <laughs> Very well, might have. I've not used the door in 16 years. <laughs> Break every door. <laughs> Were there any open doors? Are they, are they all closed? <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, on the other side of the table, there is a small little kitchen. Uh, that door is open uh, to the top right of that main room that you are in. Uh, that door was cracked open, and it's just a mundane kitchen uh, with an oven and a preparation table. Uh, and that's basically it in that room. Uh, other than that, the other two doors are closed, uh, though Lydia did see the faint glow of divination magic from the door uh, to the bottom left. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we should investigate this door of shiny magics. Well, I am not a picklock kind of rogue. I'm a foresty rogue, so if we have to open a door, I think it's going to be on you. <laughs> Alright, so do, who would like to try to open the door? I will let someone try to actually open door before I uh, open door. <clears throat> I'll give it a shot with just my straight sleight of hand, which, I mean, or does it sleight of hand, or is it... Uh, you can just try to open it. Oh, we can... Okay. Yep. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I have a wisdom of eight. I'll just walk in any room. <laughs> Alright, so I like to think that, uh, Micah, your character, Dimitri, is uh, standing kind of in front of the door, like, stamping his foot on the ground and like getting his head down getting ready and uh uh let's see dunkel you uh kind of stand off to the side of the door turn the handle throw it open and, like jump back uh but the door does open i'm assuming much to dimitri's disappointment haha i did it <laughs> uh 
You are skilled with the way of opening pathways, young man. <laughs> I'm full of confidence because I did something. Yes. As you open this door, uh, you see within it several worn throw pillows cover this room's floor, and the faint smell of incense permeates the room. Would somebody like to walk into the room and check it out? Uh-huh. Yeah, someone more expendable. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. I will sidle my way into the room and just kind of take a passing glance around. How well does Micah fit through these doors? By the way, is he like hunching over, trying uh, to get his horns through? Yeah, are your horns wider than your shoulders, Micah? Um, almost, but not quite. Okay, yeah. Then you're able to, you know, with just some very precise making sure you're walking through the exact center of the door frame you're able to get in no problems and i'll just kind of take stock of the room just kind of in general looking around seeing if i notice anything of note uh you notice that it's a bunch of throw pillows that are all kind of like scattered throughout the room like what you would uh picture a bunch of monks or priests like meditating on uh, and then there appears to be a pile of pillows in the middle of the room, uh, like several four or five pillows piled up all towards the middle of the room. Uh, I charge through his legs and jump right into the pile. Okay, you jump through and oof, all the wind is knocked out of your stomach as you land on top of something hard beneath one of the pillows. Oh, okay, mistake. <clears throat> What's this? All right, you Toss pull aside the-, the pillows and start looking around. All right, you find a crystal ball in the center of the uh, pillow pile. <laughs> that doesn't belong here. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Does anybody know how to use one of these? Yeah, Lydia, I'm assuming your 10 minute of detect magic is probably still going, right? Uh, yeah, still going. All right, yeah, this whole room would glow slightly with divination magic, but the crystal ball itself would very much glow of divination magic. Yes, it's, uh... This is something that reaches more into the divine. It should probably be mine, then. I have no use for it. Take it. Good, good. Well, I can tell you, it deals a bit of damage. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at it and look and, like, looking to like, might that actually fit in the sling? <laughs> Terrible. Okay, and Lydia, you would get the sense that uh, because you are... Um, a priest. Oh, do you have a divination spell in your list? Uh, do I? That is a great question. I mean, yeah, I do have a divination spell. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm using one I, right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, duh. Uh, so you would know that uh, any caster who has at least one divination spell prepared can recover two expended spell slots of second level or lower after completing a short rest in this room. So you uh. would get the sense that this is a meditative recovery type room for priests and clerics and their ilk. Uh, then you would also get the sense from the uh, crystal ball that it does have some sort of weird magic on it besides the fact that it is, you know, divination. It's got something else attached to it as well for somebody that uses it. But it is within the artifact itself, so you would not be able to get the school of magic from it. Uh, I will keep this uh, safe and uh, secure away from prying eyes. <laughs> I'll tuck like- that into my armor. Alright, I was gonna say, you hold up one of the metal plates, you just like wrench it up and stuff it in there. <laughs> Slam it back down with a with mm-hmm. a clang, like a tool chest or something. <laughs> what a wonderful creature. <laughs> Alright, other than that, the room just looks like a very comfortable room. Lots of cushy pillows and P 
peaceful, meditative incense burning. I feel as though if I stay here too long, I might want to take a nap, and so I'm going to walk out. All right. There is one door on the other side of the statue along that same wall. Otherwise, there is just the uh, kitchen doorway. I will try a uh, sneaky rogue way of, of, uh, of doing doors and open door on the other side of statue. Okay. You enter into that room. These cramped quarters hold four large bunk beds. Four open chests contain simple clothing, linen robes, woolen caps, and rope, sandal, uh, rope sandals, all of undyed and unornamented material. This is boring. Do I know <sighs> anybody who wants boring? No. I elect to not run and jump onto any of the beds. <laughs> I will, however, <clears throat> climb around and see. I know one thing. People like to tuck things away underneath bunk beds and whatnot. <laughs> okay. I'll As sneak you are... around and peek around uh, yes. and like see if you find any pictures or commemorative items to sacrifice to Lord Baal. I mean, see what? if you've got any valuables. <laughs> oh, Lord, I, I love. <laughs> I, I mean, um. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. One uh, of the you are Dale Earnhardt Jr. commemorative collector's plate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Thank you, Micah. By, by the way, have I told you about the glory of the Archfey lately? <laughs> Never mind. Maybe we should talk about this later. Don't push your on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. All right. So, do, would you like yeah. a roll from me, Bob, to kind of peek around and? Uh, yeah, you could roll if you'd like to. Oh, well, we'll do it again. We'll do a perception, and uh, sixteen minus one is fifteen, but plus All six right. is twenty-one. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, <laughs> you are able to find a letter tucked underneath one of the pillows that says. Your fee as requested. I trust this will gain me access to the inner sanctum. Signed, K. Hmm. This man does not even know how to spell his own name. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, uh, it's just, like I said, uh, robes, woolen caps, sandals, uh, maybe like a couple of personal possessions, like trinket type items. Nothing of import, though. So this individual wrote a letter. Apparently they sent something along with it as a fee to gain entrance to the inner sanctum? Correct. Entrance? Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll show it to everybody, make sure that everybody's aware that this <sighs> place may contain a sanctum of some sorts. Ah, yes. We shall defile it. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so, uh, other than those two small rooms, there's just the kitchen up at the top. I will go into kitchen. Alright, you go into kitchen, and once again, what you see is the uh, small oven and a preparation table, and then along the far wall, there is a purple curtain hanging. The purple curtain is just flimsy wall. I will <laughs> crush flimsy wall. Alright, real quick. A thick purple curtain decorated with the pattern made up of a solid line with six dashed lines covers the eastern end of the simple kitchen featuring a stove and a table. So you dash through that curtain? Yes, I punch it. Very All hard. Right. You punch curtain, curtain parts, and uh, while the curtain is fluttering after that monumental, obviously, punch, uh, you see that there is a fountain topped with a purple globe through which water flows. Beyond the fountain is a second purple curtain that in, that uh, it just hangs across like the first one does. Pimples, I found the shiny thing. I found these curtains. A water, water's flowing from the globe. 
Correct. Does it appear like like engineered, so it's coming through holes, or is it like kind of a magical, just emanating from the actual globe itself? Magic. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, I mean, if you want to make a successful check, but now, yeah, I'll just give it to you. It's uh, the water is flowing from the globe itself, and the globe is just floating on top of the fountain. So it's pretty now, obviously magic. That's some stuff I never see in the forest. Igrid, oh, you have any Lydia. idea where this stuff comes from? Uh, Igrid, I think that's your other character's name. What is your current character's name? Mike, oh. this character is called this character is called Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, uh, Aaron Lewin. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so yes, uh, Aaron. Uh, with I'm assuming your spell is probably still up. I don't think it's been quite ten minutes yet. Uh, you. Yeah, no, I don't think it's been quite ten minutes. So you would be able to see uh, right on the other side, and then it will end. That uh, this water does glow with a. Uh, let's see, what kind of... I have no idea what school that would be. Maybe illusion, I think? The the, ma- the water's okay. magic, for sure, but it doesn't specify what school of magic it would be, but it does if have... If it's coming out of nowhere, magic. then maybe it's more along the lines of transmutation, or... Uh, no. It, it, yeah, no, it would be, I think, either illusion or uh, necrotic, because healing is necrotic. So either... Necromancy or uh, well, healing's evocation and necromancy. It's 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 strange like yeah, that. That is true. So either evocation, necromancy, or illusion. I'm not exactly sure because the effect is kind of lots of different things. I'm getting the equivalent of what would be arcane static here. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, difficult. Oh, he knows one thing's for certain. One of you should touch it. <laughs> Especially after you told them it's necromantic based. <laughs> I feel like I'm no, being tight. No, illusion. <laughs> yes. Um, what does our uh, wizard friend have to say about things? Nothing. <laughs> He's the strong, silent type with his buddy. Oh, do you have a golem with you at the moment? Yes. All right. So everybody knows he does have a golem with him. Sort of. I vote the golem touches it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so here's the thing. My golem is an animated suit of armor, which I'm in. <laughs> oh, you Edward Eldrick, th- or not Edward, uh, Alphonse Eldrick this. Correct. <laughs> Alright, so you've got a suit of power armor basically on. I feel like I may not even know he's a wizard then. <laughs> he's just a random knight floating around. He's a wizard, Harry. Like, it's like, uh, it's a pretty intimidating suit of armor, Right. Which is completely parallel to myself, which is not. So I don't really get outside of it much. That is a fantastic use for it. I had not even thought about that. That is fantastic. All right. So, yes, uh, there is the fountain with the purple globe and the water streaming from the purple globe that uh, has magic about it. And then there is the purple curtain on the other side of the hallway. I'm just going to have my goal and touch the water. All right, the water flows across the golem's fingers. Uh, it, I don't think the golem has a sense of touch, but it just appears to be normal water as far as you can tell. I throw out a thumbs up. <laughs> I will uh, bury my head in pool flow, feeling at the bottom. Oh, my. Okay, you bury your hands or face or diving in? What are you doing? Just face first right into the right into the base. Alright. Oh, face, right. <laughs> face first into the water. Uh, it doesn't go down very deep. It's only, you know, maybe a foot to two foot 
deep, you know, less than a meter, um, half a meter maybe at the most. Uh, you dip your face into it, pull it back up. Your eyes kind of have a weird, like, uh, oh God, what's a good explanation? Uh, like when you, uh, uh, like, after you chew, like, some spearmint gum or something very pepperminty, kind of that cold feeling in your mouth, that's what you get on your eyes. Like, your eyes are cold, almost as if you're, like, looking into the wind, almost. Kind of a, a, a really weird sensation. Your eyes, there's definitely something up with your eyes now that you stuck your head in there. Micah, I feel like there's a Braden quote that needs to be placed right here. <laughs> Refreshing! <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I was going to oh. try to do it with, with uh, I was going to go, Meh! Moo! Refreshing! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the nostalgia just punched me in the chest with that one. Yes. That is actually one of our most downloaded episodes of all time for the Homebrew Review. It's the one where Brayden goes, Ah! Refreshing! <laughs> <clears throat> so, so right. it, d- it definitely didn't hurt him. No. We've, we've ascertained that it's not dangerous, but it no. does seem to have kind of a refreshing quality to it. Correct. Yes, it is very. Your uh, your eyes feel very weird. They're not like almost a little bit itchy, but like it feels like you're looking into the wind. But it's a little bit cold. It's a weird effect. Something is different with your eyes now. Huh. Does he appear any different? Tiny gnome nope. man, look me in the eye very closely. Lift me up. <laughs> I do this. You begin a soul gaze, and you see into his spirit as he sees into your. No, wait, wrong book. Never mind. <laughs> Nope, uh, nothing really different with his eyes. He's just dripping with water. All right. Well, I feel we moist. Keep, keep a close eye on you in the in the near future. Yeah, it's a closed, close eye on him, so he continues to lift you straight in front of him as he walks <laughs> around the dungeon. <laughs> All right. Tiny Gnome, you will be my second pair of eyes. All right. All right. So do you guys, anybody else want to do anything with the water, or do you want to check out that other curtain at the other end? What would you like to do? I'll check out second curtain. All right. As with the first curtain, you part it, and there is a seemingly empty room on the other side. There is a seemingly empty room on the other (laughs) side. (laughs) Well, those were seemingly soft pillows, but there was a crystal ball underneath them. (laughs) I'm taking nothing for granted in this place. I'll sneak about and take whatever look I can from, from still within the room that we're currently in. Okay, go ahead and give me a perception check. Uh, if you're still in the other room on the other side of the curtain, you would have disadvantage. Because the curtain kind of blocks most of the room. Oh, disadvantage? Yeah, unless you want yeah, to go on the other side of the curtain, then it would be I, a straight roll. I did say that I wanted to stay within the boundaries of the other room, so... Yeah. I had a... Well, sorry, well a 19 down to a 14. So, wisdom makes 13 and then plus 6 for 20. All right, uh, you can definitely tell that this is a frequently traveled through room. Like, there's not, you know, a ton of dust settled here, but you can't see anything else unusual about it. Just three walls and a curtain. No disruption of the dust, you said? Not really. This room is fairly dust-free, as if somebody's been taking care of it. Uh, It doesn't look like it's been abandoned or, you know, nobody ever goes into it. And I didn't see any trip wires or pressure plates in the immediate vicinity, yeah? You did not. All right, I'll take a poke in there. All right, nice and goes- slow. Step in. Not too much at two once. Then you can give me another perception check if you would like. Micah, would you be following him? 
I think I'm carrying him. Oh god. Oh, okay. So I basically will... so he just held me kinda towards the curtain. Is I will what he go did. ahead as well and give you Lord Ball's guidance. And I'll cast guidance. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so then add a D four Dunkle. A D four to the guidance adds a D four, huh? Correct. Alright, yep. so three plus twelve, fifteen down to fourteen plus yeah, twenty again. Twenty again, yep. You don't really see anything too major. But uh, same thing. But once you pass through the curtain carrying him, um, Dimitri, uh, you see that there appears to be a doorway in the wall on kind of the uh, bottom side on the southern side of it. Or guess not. Yeah, southern side of it. Once you get kind of to the end there, there appears to be a hidden door in the wall. Mr. Dunkel, this wall hides secrets. <laughs> All right, lean me towards it. I carry him over to a secret door. All right, it seems completely mundane, but as Dunkel pushes it, and you kind of push Dunkel into the door, um, the door rotates around and opens up. Uh, After you've seen that, your eyes begin to dry out from the water that was in there, and uh, the door seemingly disappears other than, you know, what has opened up. Like, the strange outline of it that you saw disappears, but the door opens nonetheless. The door is gone, but the wall is still open. I do not know how I feel about this. Yeah, so basically it was magically hidden, but it wouldn't have appeared on a detect magic spell. Uh, The only way to see it was if you washed your eyes with the water in the fountain. Holy cow. I do, want you to know, I do want you to know that I did that completely at random. <laughs> I, know, I know. That was what was so amazing about it. It's like, I don't think he's played this one before. I'm guessing it's just him being him. <laughs> All right. So as the door opens, columns of stacked stone eyes protrude from the wall at five foot intervals. Two beams of colored light cross the room east to west. From, uh, from every other pair of columns at heights of one foot and five foot above the floor. The room has no apparent exits. So you basically see a, be- a room, a hallway type thing, uh, with a bunch of statues in the walls. From every other statue, a colored beam of light uh, shoots across one beam at one foot off the ground and a second beam of the same color at five feet off the ground. And each beam goes across. And how far apart are these statues? Uh, let me see. The scale on this... Where the hell is my map? Took wrong way on the page. Uh, let's see. It's a five-foot scale, I believe. Yes, five-foot scale, so they are about ten feet apart. And then oh. the beams, like I said, are at one foot off the floor, and then a second beam uh, in line with the first beam at five foot off the floor. <clears throat> I feel like we need to play the... Mission Impossible theme here. Damp, 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 damp. So this looks like maybe it's a trap. <laughs> Some sort of puzzle involving this, these statues, and but I am not very smart. I will admit. She says to the Minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty smart. I just make bad life decisions. Okay, let me see how far away this is. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, That one 30, cut a little deep. 60, 65, 70. 70 feet away. Uh, so I would give you right now, if everybody wanted to make a perception check with disadvantage, they could. If they got about halfway across the room, I would let you guys have it with uh, a regular roll. Hmm. 
Um, really quick, I just... I, I kind of want to, like, test one of these beams and see what happens if we, like, trip it. I kind of okay. want to, before we even start going in and digging around, I kind of want to cast Mage Hand and, like, take one of the pillows and just, like... Because that would be well under five pounds, right? Yeah. And then just, like, break the plane of, of one of these beams and see what happens. But I don't want to set off a trap and just destroy the whole place. Okay. Can I uh, throw Bunkle into the middle of room? No! <laughs> you can if you want to, but there would be... Oh, uh, Three luck checks to see if you hit it or not. Hit one of the beams or not. Do I have to resist a grapple here? <laughs> That's up to you two. You argue it out. <clears throat> Hang on a minute. Let me grab a pillow. Scurry off. I okay, feel like missed an opportunity here. Holy crap, that was fast. <laughs> He's got haste on him like three times. Uh, Alright, yeah. So, does anybody have a... Like, anything against me doing that? Like, trying to, like, see what happens if we set one of these off? Uh, sure. Let me take precaution. I step back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll do this. I will I will mage hand the, the pillow and just kind of levitate it and break one of the lower beams. All right, you break one get, of the... Uh-huh. Get ready to dodge back into this other room. All right, are you just going to hold it there, or are you just kind of passing it through super I just want to pass it through, like, see what happens if someone were to walk through it. You we will stand in the doorway. All right, you pass it through super quick. Nothing really happens. Nothing happens. No clicks, buzzing, whirring. Nope. No trapdoors. Nope. Okay. Well, it doesn't seem to be a trap. Unless that's the trap, is to make us think that there's no trap, and then there's a trap farther in. Oh, God. Oh, God. No. Yes, Admiral Akbar appears in one of his trappy <laughs> bases. Well, that's a trap. No. That is a long run to that wall. <laughs> Alright, well It doesn't seem to be a trap So I feel okay walking in there Okay, so you pass I'll through I'll still take heed to like Use any acrobatic, I do have acrobatics With expertise Okay. So, and... Oh no I don't, I just have proficiency So I'll do my best to like just not trip them anyway Okay, and how tall are you? Would you have to be dodging the, the five foot beam or are you under five foot tall? I'm well under five But I should be able to do a nice little, you know acrobatic move to get over the one foot beam okay yep just give me a dc uh i'm gonna go ahead and just tell you guys dc 15 saving throw uh every time dexterity every time you try to get through one of these beams oh so you can throw yourself but i can't throw you <laughs> <clears throat> looks better when i do it <laughs> all right so so you said dc 15 dexterity save to try to get through through each beam. So if you get, uh, if you're tall enough to get through the five foot beam, I need two of them for each beam. If it's only the one foot beam, then just one per beam. Can I step over one foot beam? You still have to, because of how slippery, not slippery, but because of how difficult it is to get, you know, between, you know, 11 or uh, 13 inches tall and underneath, you know, 59 inches tall or whatever it is, you know, it'd be very difficult to do that. So you'd still need two dexterity saving throws. For each one. I am not a very dexterous individual. Well, I'd maybe even recommend let let you guys wait till I get through it just to see if I break one of them and see what happens to me. <laughs> Since I got a pretty good chance of making it. I, I believe uh, you said something about expendable characters first there, Aaron. <laughs> uh-huh. So I made the five, uh, but I failed on the fourth one. Oh, so you're getting all the way across the room? Okay, so one. Yeah, so I, I, I made it through one, two, and three, and then I failed on... I tripped the fourth one, because I all rolled right. a four. So on the fourth one, you would take... Let me get back to my thing. Oh, my goodness, sir. Oh, that is really cool armor. Uh, and Recording Tech Zero has been posting stuff, and I haven't been paying attention, because my map has been up. 
So let me roll the damage here. Oh, not that that gives anything away. <laughs> so you take 13 points of radiant damage. Oh, and my you God. said the fourth one, you take a negative two to one, two, three, four, to charisma. Uh, uh, <laughs> minus two to charisma checks from now on. All right. You said 13 radiant damage? 13 radiant damage, correct. Right. Ow, that's a, that's a hefty chunk of the health. Um, <clears throat> so as I step through that fourth one, <laughs> I just kind of... Ow! Okay, they do hurt. I'm going to let you know that right now. <laughs> I, would you like to take a normal perception check here? Or do you want to try and cross the final one and yeah. have a perception check with advantage? Yeah, let's... Well, no, like I said, I had already rolled the five. Just assuming, I'm just assuming that I was going to walk straight through regardless. Yeah, so, there's... Um, there's six total beams. Oh, there's six. Okay, so I made five. So I make it past the fifth one, and I go for the next one. Uh, all I need is a nine. Yes. Okay, so then you make it past the last one. Go ahead and give me a perception check with advantage this time. Um, I rolled eight on both dice. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic use of it. Double eights. So seven plus 14. Not great. Nope, but still, that is enough. You are able to tell that uh, once you broke that one beam, you noticed that there was, you thought, a line where kind of a hidden door would be maybe on the other wall, but only when the one beam was broken. So you're pretty sure that if you were to break all of the beams, you would be able to open up the secret door that's there or something that's there. Otherwise, the door doesn't look super, super tough. I mean, it's stone, but... I mean, you do have kind of your own, you know, siege engine behind you. Given the amount of damage that I took from that, I wouldn't want to have everyone stand in these things for extended periods of time. Yeah. And is the pillow still in that hallway? Uh, yeah, because I just would have, like, dropped it right when I passed it through. Okay. All right, right so... Yeah, but you know, uh, actually, t let me take that back. Sorry. Uh, you didn't... When, when you broke it nothing really happened but you think you see there is a seam in the door and it seems to be connected to because it doesn't tell me how it's connected here but if uh, objects break the five foot high beam excuse me it will open up the door at the, at the end of the hall you're pretty sure the lower beams no but the high beams it will hmm. okay so after some time investigating it I'll pass that information along to the rest of the group um, and how many people do we have with us? We've got we've got four players. Correct. We've got four characters. The beams would have to be remain, or the be the beams would have to stay broken in order for the door to open. If the beams were inter if the beams were restored, the door would shut again. And you say they're ten feet apart. They are ten feet apart. Correct. What's the what's the wingspan of a minotaur's reach? Both arms. <laughs> Outward. Not ten Why feet. not just simply uh, fill or clog up whatever receptacles these lights are coming from? Can I destroy the light? Uh, the I love your idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will let you uh, try to destroy the lights. There will be a potential for damage each time you break one of the statues, though. I was going to say, do we have rope? We could just tie the pillows, like hold the pillows in place and then just tie the rope around them. It would take a little longer, but less chance for damage. Destroy the light. And because it says I'm supposed to give you this information, uh, as long as you pass the check, you remember that there are several, uh, like, foot lockers and chests in the uh, room with all the bunk beds? 
you remember seeing those and then several of the chairs are high back chairs from the main dining room table uh that would break the five foot tall beam oh well there you go chairs i want to try to break a statue just to see what happens no <laughs> if you would like to i will let you go ahead and do that you would need to uh uh break the dc which isn't very high uh of 10 i believe since it's stone yeah dc 10 because it is stone uh and then you would need to do at least 10 points of damage as well to it in order to break one of the statues and there is a dexterity save associated with that to not get blasted by the energy from it um that is a eight plus four is a 12 for a smash check Yep, you hit it. And then Great Axe is a D12. Uh, that'll only do uh, five points of damage to it. You try to smash, but it's just not happening. Oh, and I, uh, I rolled a, a natural 20 for my dexterity check. Yep, very easily. Uh, able to jump out of the way as that beam <clears throat> kind of ricochets a little bit, but you are able to get out of the way. Let's go get chairs. That statue was made of stern stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I have respect for this statue. <laughs> the statue is not a wall. <laughs> that God is damn it. correct. Uh, we couldn't even get one episode in HBR before we start tearing down statues. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. All right. <clears throat> All right. So these chairs are pretty big, right? I'm guessing with my strength of 10 and me only being three feet tall, I'm probably not going to do very well carrying them. I'm not going to penalize you guys. If you just want to say, I drag all the statues over, or all the chairs over, you guys are eventually able to drag all the chairs over. Okay. Dude, this, uh, our, our next task slowly rings through chairs. Okay. So you guys are able to, after a few minutes, uh, drag all of the chairs over, you break all of the beams, and a doorway opens up just on the other side. All right, so as this secret doorway opens, let me find the right number. Uh, number six, okay. The statues along the east and west walls of this long chamber are smaller versions of those in the banquet hall, except they face into the walls rather than away from them. A green rug laid along the center of the corridor has several crystal lenses set within it. So at the east and west ends, right as you open the door, there is a statue right in front of you. And it is the same statue of the woman with the uh, uh, orb in front of her. But they this time face into the walls as opposed to away from them. So they are facing the opposite direction, essentially, towards the east and towards the west. The rug in the middle, like I said, has a bunch of lenses set within it. Ten lenses, exactly. Ten lenses. I'm beginning to see a pattern with all this. Like, how can I engorge and absorb the fear of inanimate objects? <laughs> I need something bleeding. I need something bleeding very soon. Meta knowledge, it'll happen soon. I'll cut <laughs> I don't know what to do with these lenses. Not an optometrist. <laughs> well, can you make a perception check? Yep, go for it. Uh, that is a 16. A 16. You notice that the statues appear to be raised off the floor about an inch compared to the other ones. Like, they seem to be set on top of something. I will go push on statue. 
statue then turns freely. So the statues are able to spin as you push on them. <laughs> or the one statue closest to you. I'm assuming you haven't run to the other side of the room yet. I spin it like office chair. It's... <laughs> It spins until eventually the spinner breaks and the whole thing falls over and then HR has to come in and reprimand you and no. <laughs> it spins freely. Nothing comes out of its eyes when it turns to face us. Nope, it's just around and around. Uncle, climb on statue. Um, this is no time for fun. Um, is that the- Do the statues spin easily enough that even the little guy could do it? Yep. It just does they 100% spin freely. I'm going to go to the other statue, and I'm going to tell Dimitri that we should, like, turn them so that they face each other. Very good. I had a similar idea. Yeah. As you guys turn... Yep. As you guys turn them to face each other, anybody that is in the middle looking at the lenses, uh, it displays, since this is a one-shot as opposed to a campaign... It uh, displays all sorts of terrible and horrific images of what could or could not happen within the current campaign, quote-unquote, that you guys are playing in. So you guys see, uh, let's see, it says, this is an opportunity to describe specific campaign events that could have gone poorly if your character choices uh, had been worse or there had been bad luck. So basically... uh, bad images appear in all of ten of the lenses, each one oh. tailored to each character and each image different from the last. Ugh. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that one was good. Hey, who would uh, be looking at him? I'm absorbed by this. Alright. Anybody else looking at the terrible images? Uh, I think I catch a couple glimpses of the ones happening to me and and those that I'm closest to and kind of immediately be like, nope, nope, don't like it. Okay, <laughs> Micah, are you checking them out? I would probably look at one, yes. And zero? Yeah, all of them. All, all right, so I need uh, wisdom saving throws from everybody then. DC of 16, so let me know if it is uh, 16 or, or if it is less than 16. <laughs> 18! <laughs> this is terrible. Oh, you gotta put a space between the roll and the 1d20 there, zero. Four, okay. I have a plus 15, we're good. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, 22. Okay. So then. Oh, sorry, any- I probably wrong. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. I was a failure, Bob. Yeah, anybody that rolled less than a 16 uh, ha- suffers disadvantage on all attack rolls and ability checks for one hour. Oh, God. You also notice, whoever went to the far end of the room, that there are 12 blindfolds hanging from a peg next to the door that is set in the northwest corner of the room. So one hour disadvantage on all attacks. Correct, yes. And you guys can take a uh, short rest whenever you want to. I'm not going to push you guys too much on that. So after seeing those images, you guys would be, anybody that failed, would be very much demoralized and like dragging your feet, not really wanting to continue on kind of a thing. Very dragging your feet uh, attitude. I'm moping around. Pretty much. So then... Uh, uh, that was entertaining. Cheer up, tiny yeah. man. Everything will be okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that, as I said, the only other thing you see is a bunch, uh, a dozen, exactly, so 12 masks uh, hanging on a peg over the northwest door. So it would be the door at the far end of the hallway there. A bunch of blindfolds. I will take one. Okay. I'm going to watch. 
Okay. Do you guys open the door? Or do you put on the blindfold or do you just take it or what do you do? I will put on blindfold. I am very concerned. Okay. Would you... What, what, what would you do from that point? Just put on the blindfold and wait? Or... Yes, I'll wait and see what happens while I'm wearing blindfold in crazy room. It is dark. I refuse to wear blindfold. <laughs> it is spoopy kind of dark. I like the dark. I almost wonder if we're supposed to wear them to go the- into the room. Like, but... There is a door that uh, is just a regular-ass door uh, right next to where the blindfolds are. I will feel around for the doorknob while blindfolded. Okay, you are able to eventually find the doorknob. Is anyone going to stop me from opening door? No. I immediately throw my hands up in front of my eyes. <laughs> All right. I'm too short to reach the blindfolds, probably. I would assume you could jump up or somebody could add one to you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to grab one before he opens that door. I want to have it at the ready. I All keep right. my eyes open. He opens <laughs> the door. Egrid, you would barely get the sight of a spike pit uh, that fills this room all the way to the door at the north end. A small alcove to the east has a door in the far wall. You would not be able to see that, but you would see a giant spike pit in front of him. That is, uh, that is, uh, all clear. Yeah. No, 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 no. no that's true. <laughs> I it hear her say still... all clear and I start no, walking. It... You step no. one foot <laughs> forward and a solid floor is in front of you. You just, it's a floor. Everybody what? else watching, you see him stepping on top of the spikes, but not being harmed by them, as if he is levitating. I keep walking, I have no idea what's going on, I just walk until I hit the wall. You I'm keep just... walking until you... Micah, I am so pissed off at you for calling the right calls on all of these. So you continue walking, and you watch him just continue to walk across the top of the spike pit, and there is a slightly cracked door on the other side. Uh, You eventually slam into the wall on the other side. You kind of feel around fumbling and you feel the door that is partially open. All right. I want to I want to, like, take off the blindfold because I'm hearing him make steps across the room and he's not getting lit on fire. Right. So I pull up the blindfold so I can peek out. I'm just going to step a toe in. You continue through the floor and a pointy little. I knew it. I knew it. Son of a bitch. I pull the blindfold down and take a step out. Okay, yep, you keep walking. <laughs> yep, wear your blindfolds. It's important. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, what, what, why, what? I will give you really quick, uh, Dunkel, a perception check if you would like to, uh, right as you, you know, tore off your blindfold to look across the room. Uh, a 10, minus 1, plus 6, 15. Okay, right in the middle of the room, you see what appears to be a skeleton, and he had a very large sack next to him. Ooh. But, uh, other than that, uh, there was nothing. All right. Well, we're going to... Can we make a base intelligence check so that I can walk over there based on memory? Spatial awareness, as we would refer to it in uh, the real world? Yeah, I'll give that to you. You have a high uh, enough perception that I'll let you... An 11 score. plus 4 for 15 intelligence check to kind of like walk that without having to take another peek? Yeah, I'll give you within 5 feet of him. Okay. Uh, hmm. I'm like feeling around just like (laughs) there's a solid floor underneath of you okay I still have not taken off my blindfold yet don't leave it on it's important I'm also Um, on the other side of the room so I'm gonna take my short bow 
that has been slung over me, and I'm just going to go ahead and grab it by the end and like kind of like like use it like a cane and just kind of tap, 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 see if I can feel anything other than the floor. Fully a solid floor. Fully a solid floor, solid floor. Um, God, I wish I had echolocation of some sort. All right, so, um, Dimitri, say your ABCs. Q... Okay. I'm going to use the sound of his really voice sick. so that I can walk towards him. Still with your blindfold on? Yes. Yep, you are very easily able to okay. make it to the other side As soon side as of the I room. get to him, I'll be like, pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. I hoist a gnome. All right, now that I'm off the floor, I'm going to pull my blindfold off. Okay, yep, once you go through the door, uh, you are totally fine, and uh, there is a storeroom on the other side. Uh, what would you like to do with all of this Zero and uh, Aaron? We'll go ahead and start at the top of the Discord. So, Lydia, what would you like to do? Hey, do you have room on your golden for one more? Uh, yes. Uh, is you wear blindfold? I ride on top. Yes. Uh, that seems reasonable. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and we speak about this to no one. <laughs> Nobody tosses the dwarf. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll guide them to the skeleton as they walk across the room. <laughs> Thank you, Seb. Anybody who's not a part of our Discord really should. The comments that are, go through while we're doing these games are hilarious. Alright, we'll go with that plan. <laughs> okay, so Zero, uh, would you don a blindfold? Here's the thing, Bob. I don't know if it's necessary. See, I'm just a passenger along the ride, you know what I mean? I can just, yep. tell, I can just tell the golem, go. Golem takes one step through the door, and a spike is below his foot. So, he would take... Uh, uh, let's see here... Oh, let me roll. Alright, so the first foot down would take five points of piercing damage as it uh, punches through what you clearly saw everybody else walk over. Uh, the, the spike pierces the bottom of the golem's foot. Okay, apparently it does need a blindfold, I guess. Alright, so you take a blindfold and put it on? Yeah, minor setback. We'll do that. Alright, you take a blindfold, put it on, and even though your golem is the one uh, walking, your eyes being covered and you controlling it, is enough to walk right over the top, despite the fact that Aaron can see absolutely everything that's happening. Hey, grab that sack on your way by. Alright. What are you suggesting? Have him bend over and grab that sack. Oh, actual sack. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I missed it. <laughs> oh, I was not prepared for that. Alright, so Egrid, would you like to try and hold on to the side of his arm or something while you reach below the floor and grab at the skeleton's bag? <laughs> I hook, hook myself onto him and just gonna hang down and try and grab it. <laughs> Alright, go ahead and give me just a basic dexterity check. Check. And what's my modifier on that? Uh, oh, not good. Uh, eight. <laughs> An eight. Uh, you go to grab at the bag on the ground, but the shaking and wobbling of the golem, which you're not used to, you know, that movement, uh, you go to try and grab at it, but you miss it, and your finger is pricked by one of the spikes. Uh, so you will just take... I'm going to have this damage since it's just your hand. 
Ooh, good thing I have it. You take three points of piercing damage as your hand is ah. cut while trying to grab this bag in the center of the room. And the golem spikes to the pits are flip. <laughs> yes. And the golem <laughs> continues walking towards the other end of the room. I have idea. That's that's surprising. I know, right? <laughs> Dunkle, Isn't you break something? Dunkle, guide me to skeleton. All right. <clears throat> Forward, two steps. Left, one step. I Forward, one step. I Slide to the left. Back. Slide to the right. Crisscross. Everybody clap your hands. Okay. So you make it to the middle of the room. First. All right. I start raging. <laughs> okay. You're angry. Um, I'm holding on for dear life now. <laughs> I would have set you down at the door before I walked out. Oh, fair enough. Okay. All right. While I'm raging, I take off my blindfold. You fall through the floor. There is a skeleton in front of you. It has a very large bag in front of it. You take six points of damage since you're raging. That's half, so three points of damage. <laughs> I pick up the bag and then put my blindfold back on after I, like, jump a little bit. Are you going to be right. sealed on the floor now? Yes! Yes, That's he is thing I sliced in half. Now, you put on your blindfold, jump in the air, and you land on the solid stone above it. Seemingly that was, solid stone. That, that was walk, fantastic! And I walk back to Dunkle and hand him bag. This seemed very important to you. Yes. Within the bag, you guys find 200 gold pieces... And a potion of healing. The standard uh, 2d4 plus 4. 2d4 plus 2. Thank you. Alright. Other than that, you get to the next room. Four closed crates line this area's north wall. Chirping sounds come from the easternmost one. Somebody hear bird? (laughs) More like bug chirping noises. Oh. Somebody hear bug. There's also a door set in the wall, the western wall, about 20 feet from where you entered from. Anybody going to inspect the crates? Sure, why not? All right. In the top three, or whatever, yeah, the three uh, non-chirping ones, you find mundane supplies. So basically just random stuff that you would find, you know, foodstuffs, you know, parchment, ink, just kind of random mundane stuff. The fourth one holds a dozen enormous crickets. So basically, like, hand, if you hold out your hand, uh, from your fingertip to your wrist is the size of these crickets. Like, giant-ass crickets. That's that's very common here, actually, in my neck of the woods. (laughs) I forgot about that. Thank you. (laughs) Um, First of all, who stores a box of crickets? Second of all, what can we use them for? As you ask that question, crickets begin chirping behind you. The completely non-responsive audience. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> I wonder if it tastes like regular cricket. Did you say it tastes like regular crickets? We're not eating crickets. <laughs> okay. If anybody wants to give me a perception check, they're welcome to. I would love to. Oh god, nope. Seventeen. Uh, Nine. Natural, natural one. Okay, uh, so with these 17, you are able to discover that there are four vials worth of some sort of liquid behind the for, the farthest crate with the crickets. There is liquids here. Who wants liquids? If anybody wants to identify it, I just need a nature check. I do not want <laughs> liquids. 
and and as mentioned in the introduction, I am, a, I am a nature-born gnome with no proficiency in nature. <laughs> what is this thing? <laughs> um, your guess is as good as mine. Aaron, zero? Six. That's my roll. Nature chick is six. Fantastic. I'll give it a shot. Like That's wisdom, right? I'll cast guidance on you. Oh, I think nature, is nature wisdom or is it intelligence? I never remember. Uh, nature is actually intelligence. Oh, okay. okay then, then actually I should be decent because I get plus four. And guidance, yeah? Yeah. All right, cool. God of murder and deceit. Give him guidance with the nature. So an 18 with the guidance. Oh, damn. Thank you very much. All right. You are able to tell not only that it is a venom of some variety, but that it is a venom of a night scorpion which feed on these massive crickets. Ah, uh, guys. <laughs> okay, so this is that, and they eat these, and I wonder if these scorpions are floating around here somewhere, so be careful. Keep eyes out. Take off your blindfolds. I, I, like, says that I reach up and like start so, looking at my eye. So these are meant to be feeding, uh, like uh, food storage for this uh, thing right here. I think so. Good. Alright, so what would you guys like to do? There's the door you came from, and then a door about 20 feet down from, or down, uh, 20 feet to the south, <laughs> where you guys entered from. Quick question, Bob. Yep. Which door is the scorpion behind? Uh, very good question. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, excuse me, not to the south, to the east. Looking at my map sideways. So it'd be basically, there's a door right, uh, on the opposite wall of where that chirping crate was that is yet to be opened. How much light do we have in here? It's fairly well lit. Uh, there would be okay. either sconces on the wall or some other random source of light. So this uh, scorpion that we were discussing, would I have an idea, based on that nature check, like how big it is? Is it a, is it a small, tiny, medium-sized? The crate, you said? Oh, uh, the, the, the scorpion that the venom uh, came from. Let me see here. I don't remember... I wrote down the stats, but I did not read down. Let's see here. It would be a large-sized creature. Okay, so it's not going to sneak out from underneath floorboards and get us. You don't believe so, no. Okay. I'm I will also to... relay that to the party. With that information, I will open door. You open door. All right, so as you open said door, you are attacked. So they get one surprise round against you. Everybody else, roll me initiative. 18 plus 4, 20, no, oh, 21. Yeah. All right, 21. I got an 18 for after surprise round. Okay, so 21. I'm assuming Dunkel will probably go first. 21. Oh, wow. Okay. We tied it. Who has I the just... higher decks? Oh, definitely Minus not me. Plus right. three. Oh, wait. Um, plus two. All right, so Dunkel, Aaron, and then uh, Micah, you said 18? Yes. All right. Oh, and in case any of you are curious, when I was talking about freaking hand-sized crickets, freaking wetters are just Ooh. huge here. That's cool. Okay, uh, and then Zero. Uh, what is your ca uh, character's name, Zero? I forgot. Uh, Sickus. Sickus. All right. Alright, so the turn order is going to go Dunkel, Aaron, Dimitri, Sikis, and the enemies. So, we go ahead and start with the uh, one first scorpion thingy uh, attacking 
Uh, let's see here. Dimitri, where is their... All right, they make two attacks, or three attacks, excuse me. Two with claws, one with sting. All of them are plus four, so let me get my stuff here. This is going to hurt. I am not raging anymore. All right, so there's attack one, attack two, and attack three. So what is your AC? My AC currently is 15. All right, so two of those hit. So I'm going to say the two claws went first and then the sting. All right, so five points of bludgeoning damage, and I need a grapple check. So DC 12. Uh, that is 13 plus 4. Yep, you very easily escape. But then you do take the piercing damage, or poison damage, excuse me. Uh, so that is 5 points of, oh, excuse me, 5 points of piercing damage. And then you take poison damage as well, and I need a con save. So 6 points of poison damage plus the con save. And con save is... Oh... That's an eight. You are officially blinded for one hour, but the poison target can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself with a successful save. Luckily, you didn't fail it by five or more, or there would have been more bad stuff. So you are just currently blinded until you make your saving throw at the end of the next turn, hopefully. All right, so Dunkle, it is your turn. There are, yes, thank you, Zero. Uh, there are two of the night scorpions in front of you, both in the doorway, but the first one is only able to attack you guys from the front. It's kind of a choke point. Yeah, that's, I think that's kind of a good thing. Uh, would I be able to, from where I'm at, back up and get behind somewhere to hide so that I could utilize my range attacks with uh, sneak attack damage? Yeah, I'll say you could duck behind the door and just pop out quick enough to, you know, shoot the damn thing and then duck back. Okay. Okay. Um, would I be able to do that with my base movement? Yeah, that would just still be with your base movement, so you could get sneak attack without having to take. Okay, the so base movement, and then use my cunning action uh, as a bonus action to hide, and then I'll make that little sneak attack there. And actually, so, since you have an ally within five feet, you don't even need to do the hide bonus action. It just automatically oh, hits. I could literally like shoot the scorpion through his legs. Yep, you have an ally within five feet, so you're That's good. That's awesome. Just don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'll just blame it on the scorpion. He's blinded. What's he going to tell me? <laughs> you mean the stab in the butt um, the scorpion's fault. So that's 12 plus 6 for 18 to hit. Yes, 18 does hit. All right, cool. So d6 plus a d6. Or 3d6, sorry. Uh, 7 plus yes. 7, 14. Oh, not bad. Sneak All attack right. rogue damage is crazy good. It is. All right. So there is a kind of a piercing shriek uh, type noise that comes from the uh, night scorpion in front of you. It really did not appreciate being stabbed in the forehead with that attack. So then we move on. Uh, anything else as a bonus action or anything? Nope. I used my bonus action to hide. So I'm finished. Okay. Not a problem. We then move on to Aaron. All right. Uh, how far away are these scorpions from my position? Dimitri is right in front of them, so wherever you would be positioned behind Dimitri, uh, they are right in the doorway and attacked as soon as he opened the door. Okay, I'd like to be right behind Dimitri so that the scorpions are okay. uh, 10 feet away. Yeah. Uh, and are affected by my aura of dread. Bump, bump, uh, bump. Which is That's my cool feature. ability. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, so, as reads, your presence weakens the morale of mortal minds. Whenever a hostile creature in 10 feet of you must make a wisdom or charisma saving throw, it has a penalty to throw equal to your wisdom modifier. 
Uh, you must be conscious to maintain, etc., etc., etc. Are they immune to being frightened? Uh, let me check. I don't believe so, because they're just regular beasts. So just no, they are not immune. Awesome. So I've got them there. I am going to go ahead then and target scorpions with Bane. Uh, Ooh, so fantastic. So it'll be charisma saving throws on both of them. DC 15 with a penalty of minus four. Sorry, minus, uh, yeah, minus four. Okay, so then that is minus eight. So the first one with a negative three, uh, definitely <laughs> a fail. Uh, second one with the three. So both of them very much fail. Okay. So yeah, that will be uh, minus uh, 1d4 from attack rolls and saving throws for the duration, which is concentration, for up to one minute. Fantastic. Okay. It, yes. it also says that the component for it, the material component, is a drop of blood. So I'm going to go ahead and like take a knife and just slice it along the corner of my hand and just drip it out for the <laughs> spell. Pull Naruto with that one. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> technically, since you pricked your finger earlier... <laughs> you would already have that spell component available. Oh shush! I, I make new ones. <laughs> <laughs> but for dramatic, for dramatic effect, we're still gonna cut the hand. Don't throw this for me. Oh, masochist with that one. All right. <laughs> so then, let's see here. Uh, anything else as a bonus action or anything there, Aaron? Uh, no, that will be me. Okay. We then move on to Dimitri, who is currently blinded and very, very, very unhappy. So, uh, yeah, we're going to use that second ridge. And uh, because I am too close to be able to effectively use my siege sling right now, we're just going to have this uh, great axe and utilize the um, reckless attack feature of your standard barbarian to negate that disadvantage from blindness. So it's just a straight attack roll. Awesome. It truly is a great axe. <laughs> Mike? That sword is great. <laughs> Alright, so that is a 16 plus 7, uh, 23 to hit. Doof! Yes, that hits. And that'll deal 6 points of uh, axe damage. Yep. And my extra attack that I got at level 5, that'll be a uh, 25 to hit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for 9 points of slashing damage. Holy cow, yeah, no, you, despite being blinded, just chop, chop, and you are able to very easily split into its carapace, and you are just, yeah, you are demolishing this thing. It is not quite bloodied yet, but it could see bloodied from here. And I'm going to make that saving throw again, and that is a 9 plus 2, that's an 11 one point shy of what you needed, so you are still unfortunately blinded. Hey, I'm gonna get wrecked. <laughs> On to Sickus. Uh, so looking at the map, are we? We're in what is it? Section five, just to yeah, scrolling up. Uh, so you guys are in. Let's see, eight, you are in section nine, so kind of right in the middle of the map where kind of that brown is that. U-shaped brown area. That is where you are at. Section 9, it's sideways, but that's the correct okay. north-south alignment. And we came through 8 then, is that correct? Correct, yes. You came through 8. Dimitri is standing right in front of that door on the north side, the top part there. The one scorpion is right in front of it. The other scorpion is kind of crowded there right next to it. And 
Dunkel is standing right beside the door one way or the other to lean out and attack. And Aaron is right behind Dimitri in uh, right in front of the door. Okay. So uh, is it correct in assuming that that section there jutting out is a wall? I guess not just like a raised platform or something. Correct. There's a wall there that goes all the way across. uh, And then kind of that greenish different colored area, if you peek in through the door, appears to be a terranium, like an enclosure with two more scorpions within it. But this one is intact. So there are still two scorpions inside of it. Okay. Uh, So I would like to... Here's what I do. I will move into the doorway... I will use. What is my bonus action to cast a spell? Okay. Okay. Uh, on the on the armor, my or on my golem, I'm gonna use dragon's breath on it. Okay. And uh, so that's a bonus action. So for my action, though, I have to I have to use my action to direct the golem. Now. It doesn't specify if this is a continuous use of the action. So would I be correct in assuming that I give it the action to do said thing and it pursues that course until directed otherwise? I think, unfortunately, due to the rules, you're supposed to direct each action. You're supposed to tell it what to do. Um, But I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. So if you give it... A specific command now, I will let it carry over for the next command, but it needs to be specific enough to do what you want it to do. Right. So that's going to consume my action then to, to have it do a thing. So I suppose I'll tell it to move in and then use the dragon's breath, and it acts immediately after me. Alright, so then I will uh, allow you to continue it to... It will be able to continue to use Dragon's Breath until you tell it to no longer use Dragon's Breath. So you're kind of able to halfway shoulder uh, Dimitri out of the way enough in order to not burn... not have roast beef. (laughs) Um, And you are able to hit both of the uh, creatures with it, because I believe it's like a... Yeah, it's a 15-foot cone. I'm choosing the damage type. It was cold. Yeah, you would be able to hit both of them then. Alright, so each creature in the area, 15 foot cone, needs to make a dexterity saving throw, uh, DC 13. Alright, and it's minus the D4. Okay, awesome. Alright, so the first one was a 4, and then the second one, the second one was a 14. So the one in front uh, rolled a 4, the one in the back rolled a 14. Okay, so the one that failed takes 11 points of cold damage. Uh, and then the one that succeeded takes half. So all right, and it's six? always round up, so six, yep. Alright, so the first one is now officially below bloodied and lets out a shrieking, piercing, uh, hissing, screeching type noise. It's very uncomfortable to your ears to hear. And the other one definitely didn't enjoy it and scuttles back just a, a pace or two. All right. Anything else for uh, you, or are you gonna kind of stay where you're at? Uh, no. I mean, I'm staying where the golem's at. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll just remain there. All right. So you're shouldered right next to Dimitri, next to the door. So then we are on to the scorpions' turns. 
So the first scorpion, uh, the one that, I mean, the one in the back, is going to go ahead and back up and get out of the doorway. So it's going to retreat uh, about, let me get my map up here. So it is going to retreat about 10 feet uh, and get back out of visual range. The scorpion that is in the front is going to try and back up as well, about five feet, but it is first going to attack. So it's going to direct one claw attack against Dimitri, one claw attack against uh, the golem, and then the sting against Dimitri again. So let's see how this roll works out. So first claw attack against Dimitri is a seven. So I'm oh, and it has advantage because you're blinded. Uh, so does twelve hit Dimitri? No. All right. Second claw attack against the golem, and this is just a regular roll. Oh shoot, it should have been minus the d4, but still, I don't think yeah, that'll I hit. Yeah, I was gonna get bring up if it like actually hit. <laughs> yeah, Dimitri, that won't hit, will it? With a ten? No. Or not, Dimitri? Excuse me, Sickus, that won't hit your golem, will it? No. All right, and then for the sting attack, uh, eleven. Well, that that won't hit you, Dimitri, either. So, okay, all three attacks miss, and it backs up. Yeah, I will yeah. give. Yep, I will give you an opportunity attack. Uh, since you're still raging, it would be just a straight roll. Sickus, you would get an opportunity attack as well. Uh, that is a fifteen to hit. Fifteen hits, yes. And that'll deal. Uh, Nine points of slashing damage. Oof. Okay. And Sickus? So I get an opportunity attack. Correct. Your golem does at least. Okay. Well, query. Wouldn't that mean that we both get an opportunity attack? Since you're within the armor, it just has to be a straight attack. So would you be able to do just a straight punch, kick, something or other from inside the armor? I mean... Yeah, I can I can flail the arm. I mean, won't okay, be very then I'll strong. give it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll give it to you, but you would have to use your stats for it as opposed to the golems. <clears throat> oh, if I wanted to do it, no, I'll just let the golem do it. Then forget that. Okay, go ahead with the golems attack. Okay, 20, 22. Yes, twenty-two would very easily hit. Three points of bludgeoning damage. All right, it definitely didn't enjoy that, but it manages to scuttle back and out of the way about 10 feet, so it is now out of everybody's line of sight. So then we move on to, let's see here, Dunkel. It is now your turn. They are back behind the door somewhere which you cannot see. So I have a question for the group. Would it be more appreciated for me to continue attacking and try to get more damage in, or should I try minor illusion to make cricket sounds? Mimicking the crickets that are that were in the box behind them, so that they might turn away from us, and we can get attacks from the back. I don't know how much more difference it would make. I am blind. All attacks, <laughs> and that's where I'm like, if I can draw some attention away from from him standing in the doorway, hopefully, then we can at least get some uninterrupted damage without our minotaur friend dying. I'm also raging, so their base attacks are going to deal less damage. Okay. Bob also forgot to add plus two damage to each of my attacks for rage. Oh, okay. Uh, you've made three attacks so far? I believe three. three. Oh, yeah, with your attack of opportunity? Yeah. Probably, so... yeah. probably two during his turn, plus one for the AOP. Yes, okay, three. Yep. I'll <laughs> add that damage to it then. Okay, um, which one is... Can I, can I tell the difference between which one's been hit the most? Is there visual damage to them? 
if you poked your head around the door, you would be able to see which one was which. But they both scurried out of the line of sight behind the doorway. Okay. One of them has massive gouges in its carapace. Yeah, one of them is very badly damaged, but you would have to go into the room to see it. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump inside the room. Okay, as you jump inside the room, just super quick, uh, as you jump inside the room, you see that there on the side behind you, where your back would be, there is a uh, terranium glass case kind of a thing with two night scorpions inside of it still within the case. And then right in front of you, there are the two night scorpions that are loose and about. The one in the front would be the damaged one, and then the one in the very back corner, about 15 feet away from you, is the undamaged. Well, not undamaged, but the less damaged one. Okay. So as I move into that room, do I see an option for a hide? You do not, know. You would be able to get out of the range of them if you tried to climb on top of that terrarium, but then that would open you up to... (laughs) No thanks. Yeah, so there's not really an option to hide within this room. Alright, well I don't really want to just stand there and take it, so as I step in, I'm going to go and do the cricket thing. I'm going to cast Minor Illusion, uh, which I have as a bonus spell from being a forest gnome. I'm going to mimic the sound of the crickets, the food crickets that uh, that we identified that they eat. And I can choose to have it be as loud as a, a small voice or a lion's roar, beating of drums. So I can make it. I'm going to make it louder than what it normally is to okay. kind of like overcome the sound of combat and whatnot. Hopefully, also making it sound like there's just a ton of them, like there's millions of crickets over there. Awesome. Um, and I'm going to try to put them as far away from us as possible, the back corner of the room, away from from where we're at. And so, if I create an image of objects, so and so forth. Uh, let's see here. It is. I'm looking for the saves. I think it's just when they try to see through it, if I remember correctly. If a creature uses its action to examine the sound of the image, uh, the creature can determine that it is an illusion with a successful intelligence check. Is that modified by the aura of fear? I believe so. What is it's, it? Uh, my aura only extends 10 feet. Oh, so they're probably out of it by now, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's they fine. Uh, they, they probably have pretty low intelligence anyway, so uh, when the, if they choose to check to look into it, they get an intelligence save against my spell save, which is... I can verify for that later. Uh, So I'll cast that, and then I'll just kind of back out around the door again so as not to be the primary target that is closest to them. But you would not have gotten within five feet of them, correct? Nope. Just just basically stepping into the door enough to see that there's nowhere for me to hide, cast the spell, and then back right out. Okay. Yep. You're very easily able to do that then. So what's it? So three, seven. So and the spell save DC for that intelligence check is fifteen, and that finishes my turn. Okay, Aaron, we are on to your turn. <sighs> All right. Um, I will sort of take the sorts of droplets of blood in, in my hands, and I will uh, sort of turn them to a fine mist and uh, send them towards the, the Minotaur, and I'll cast lesser restoration. Okay, so then you are no longer affected by blindness, Micah. Yeah. Just can be blinded, deafened, powers, poisons. I remove blindness. Awesome. All right. Uh, anything else on your turn? Uh, I will move just behind uh, Dimitri. Okay. Yep. You are still right behind him then. Dimitri, we are on to your turn. Very good. This axe is very nice, but is not proper weapon for breaking things. I will pull out a siege sling and load it up with the ammunition 
and swirl it around. I only get the one attack because it has reloading, but we are going to continue our raging and our reckless attack and sling a rock at the scorpion. Okay, go ahead then, and now that you can see, you have advantage on the roll. Uh, oh, that was not quite critical. Nin- <laughs> Uh, 19 plus 7 is 26. Still hits. And that will deal 7 plus 4. 11 points of bludgeoning damage to the scorpion. Oof. Okay, it is definitely not enjoying that, and it is very badly damaged. But, uh, second attack? Uh, I'd have to move in to attack because the, the siege sling has a ah. property. Gotcha. Is it reloading bonus action? I don't remember. I have to let me look it up real quick. Yep. Just just cut the soul out and post. Yes. <laughs> I love the crunchy mechanical stuff. Especially for these kind of episodes. It makes for some very interesting gameplay. Alright, this is bonus action. Okay, so then bonus action reload and then second attack? Uh, second attack will be a uh, sixteen to hit. 16 does hit. And that will be uh, 13 points of bludgeoning damage. Oof, okay. It is barely standing at this point. Another solid hit like that would take it down. And I am out of its range of nonsense, so I will stand my ground here in the doorway. All right. Sickus, it is your turn. Okay. Um, you said the scorpions backed up. Is that right? Yes, they are out of range of the door. They've kind of sidled up along that side wall, so you'd have to physically step into the room to see them. All right. Uh, that being the case, I will trudge into the room to get sight of them. Yep. Uh, once I do, uh, I'll extend the golem's hand and gather some ice and launch forth a lance of ice in that direction. Okay, yep, go ahead. And is that the cone attack, or is that just a single-target lance? No, that is me. Ah. Uh, The golem acts after me. Gotcha. All right, so then go ahead and make that attack. Uh, Are they by each other? Are they beside each other? Yeah, one is right behind the other. Okay, I will shoot the furthest one that um, Dimitri did not blast. All right. Okay. Yep. Unfortunately, that doesn't hit. The creature kind of ducks low when it slams into the wall above it. Uh, well, hit or miss, the shard explodes. Uh, Ooh, awesome. uh, the target each creature in five feet of it has to make a duck saving throw, DC 13. All right, and then minus the bane. 16. All right, so then the second one, five. So you would get one of them with it, the explosion part. So when that hand takes eight points of piercing damage all right fantastic all right so then anything else sir uh no that would be my turn okay we then move on to the creatures Um, so oh oh yeah that's right uh it's still doing the aoe effect spell correct Yes, it, it is going to advance forward if needed uh, in such a manner to hit them all. All right, and it's a deck save, I believe, as well? Yep, save for half damage. All right, so a nine and a one. Uh, they both take eight more points of cold damage. 
fantastic. The one up front is barely standing, whereas the one in the back isn't doing too shabby, but still did not enjoy getting blasted by that. Alright, so on to the creatures then. They are both going to kind of scuttle up next to each other so they can get off six total attacks against uh, Sickus and the armor. So I'm assuming the golem as your outer protection would need to be brought down first. Uh, that's the idea, yeah. Yep, alright, so attack one is an eight. Attack two is a seven. Attack three is an 18, so I'm assuming that one will hit your armor? Uh, yes, however, I'd like to use my reaction cast shield. Okay, so then would that miss then? AC 23. Fantastic, alright, so then we'll see if any of these breaks 23, because it lasts for one turn. So that does not, that does not, and that does not. Even with the Bane included, um, none of those would hit. Yeah, thank you. I forgot about that, Lydia, but yes, the Bane would make it so that uh, none of those would hit. Alright, so then we move on to Dunkel. So the there's one that's like barely hanging on? Yep. Mm-hmm. One solid hit and it will be down. Okay. Um, and I'm still not in a position where I can get a good hide in for sneak attack damage, yeah? Uh, not really, no. This room is a U-shaped room. There's the two terraniums. Otherwise, it is a flat wooden floor. Okay. Uh, any any response to the crickets at all with them? Not after being attacked savagely by uh, Sickus. Yeah, that figures. Um, I'm just oh, going to go I, ahead. You would still be able to get sneak attack because Sickus is within five feet of them. So you wouldn't have to worry about the hide thing. Okay, so I'll just go ahead and step into the room where I can get a shot where I don't put him in danger, and I will do that. All right, against the most damaged one first? Uh, yes. Okay. That is, <laughs> that's a natural one. <laughs> you stab Sickus in the back and he dies. No. <laughs> Sorry about the armor, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you just oh, missed terribly shit. with that shot. Oh, golf clap. Yes. Oh, uh, well, that's going to be my turn. Okay. Anything as a bonus action or anything, or was that it? Um, well, I can bonus action to disengage or dash. So, I mean, actually, well, if there's nowhere for me to hide, then I would probably just go ahead and use the disengage or the dash to just go ahead and move to a, a more advantageous position. No worries. You're back outside of the room, right out the edge of the door, so you can just poke your head in and attack next turn if yeah. you'd like. All right. Aaron, it is now your turn. Oh, boy. Um, uh, are both scorpions still currently alive? Just double-checking. From uh, no, they would have moved uh, one uh, on each side. Not each side, but like uh, both of them facing forward to get a straight-on square and a uh, catty-corner square, diagonal square, to Sickus in order to attack him. Okay, how far away uh, would they be from me at this point, do you reckon? Because I was uh, just behind Dimitri. Yeah, if you were just behind Dimitri, then they would be about 10 feet in front of you-ish. Because uh, Sickus went in front of Dimitri, who was in front of you. So 15 feet from where you currently are, but you could move up beside somebody and get 10. Okay, I'll, I'll move up right uh, right up into there. Yep. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and drop concentration on Bane. Okay. Um, I'm going to target the less of the, the less damaged looking one 
uh, and I'm going to uh, create a, a a dark iron crown of madness. Oh yes. Okay. Um, which is a specific spell to this domain. Uh, and I can't do it. Damn it. Ah, oh, has to be humanoid. Damn it. Okay. So never mind. I can't do that. Oh no. Okay. No problem. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it has to be humanoid, and unfortunately, they're not humanoid. No, they are beasts. Okay, so what in the are instead going to do then? Uh, is I am going to uh, just... Is there any room for me to get up in close combat with one of them? Yep, you could stand right up next to Sickus and uh, square up with one of them and have another one right diagonal to you. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and make a melee attack with my... Uh, I, I will pull out... Uh, uh, a, a lovely ball and chain with a spiked and jagged looking head uh, and I will swing my flail at it. Fantastic. Against the damaged one or the one that is full health? Or fuller health? Uh, we're gonna go against the, the damaged one. Fantastic. Uh, 13 to hit? See, 13, one point shy, unfortunately. You okay. go to swing it down and it bats it away with one of its pincers. Okay, that'll be my turn then. Alright, so then we move on to Dimitri. You are now back row with two melee fighters in front of you. Everybody duck, I am going to hurl things at the tiny creatures. <laughs> uh, that's to see. Very much to hit for 10 points of bludgeoning damage on the more damaged one. Oof, ew. Catch it square in the middle of its face, and it just parts. It explodes open like a really disgusting, sliming bug creature it is. And it falls lifeless to the ground. Not wall, but is sufficient. <laughs> All right, and then I was... A modified yep. 20 to hit for 12. Would you be able to, since you attacked reloaded, attacked, and then you would have to use this bonus action to reload so that you could attack the first time, correct? Correct, I forgot about that. Yep, nope, uh, just the one attack. And uh, you know what? I will uh, I will barrel my way forward and uh, post up right up next to the other one. Okay, you would have to cut through the line, but I can let you do that if you'd like to, so you would be basically standing on top of the one that you just slayed. I am perfectly okay with this. Alright, so then we've got a three-way square on this one. Sickus, what would you like to do? Uh, I can still see the scorpion to hit it, right? Yep, you can still see the scorpion. It's basically, uh, you guys are almost completely surrounded it. There is uh, Lydia right in front of it, you kind of diagonal to it, and Dimitri on the other side of it. So you're all kind of surrounding this creature. Unfortunately, no planking this game, but you guys can still use whatever other bonuses you get for being within five feet of each other. Okay. Um, I will cast a spell that uh, needs to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, so that is a 14 total. Uh, it succeeds then, so no effect. Okay. Anything is a bonus action, or is uh, your spell for the flame thing still in effect? Or ice, whatever. Uh, yes, that's a concentration spell for one minute on my part, so that's, that's still operating. Alright, dex save, so... 
And Bane has been dropped, so it's just seven still fails. Twelve points of draw here. Alright, it is, let me check, not quite bloodied, but it can see bloodied from here. It is very not appreciating as this ice breath just erupts from your golem, and it uh, definitely cowers away from that. Alright, on to the one scorpion. Um, because I have three targets, I'm going to throw one at Aaron, one at uh, Sickus, and if neither of those stick for the grapple, then I will put the third one on Dimitri. So, 13 to hit Aaron. Does that hit? 13 will miss. Alright, and then one against Sickus. Does 15 hit you, Sickus? No. What was that? No. No, it does not. Alright, so then the third attack is going to be the stinger towards Dimitri. That is a nine. Does that hit you, Dimitri? Not quite. Alright, so... Just reminding that Bane is still up. Oh, it is up? I thought you said you dropped concentration on it. Oh, I... I, Yeah, with the intensive... I was going to cast Crown of Madness, which I couldn't even cast. Oh, gotcha. So I just hit things instead. (laughs) Gotcha, sorry. Okay, so those are still in effect. Uh, but still not that it matters anyway. Yeah. Alright, so then uh, all three of those attacks failed. We move on to Dunkel. Alrighty. <clears throat> and I'm just going to continue doing as we have previously, just take a shot. And stab Is there, in the with, back. With everybody standing straight up there, um, do I have a shot now, or has everybody kind of blocked yeah. my line of sight? Yeah, no, you can aim through people. So yeah, we'll take the shot in between. Looking for not a one. Uh, 14 plus 6, 20. Mo- modified 20. Very easily hits. And sneaky, sneaky. Uh, so that's going to be 10 plus 6 for 16 damage. Oof, it is now officially below bloodied and lets out a shrieking roar as that happens. Well, that's right. as much of a roar as a scorpion ever does. All right, and then as a bonus action, I'm going to cast dash and just run laps around the room. <laughs> Last turn. Fantastic, yes. They wave the checkered flag as you st- uh, begin the final lap. Always going to the left. We don't turn right in this room. All right, on to Aaron. Uh, uh, I'm going to do Sacred Flame, the one that's closest to me. Ooh, fantastic. So, deck save. Yep. And the Bane is still there. Twelve. Uh, DC 15, so that's a failed deck save. Fantastic. Uh, and it does 8 radiant damage. Oof. Okay, it lets out another shriek as this radiant energy illuminates it from within. Anything else as a bonus action or whatnot? Uh, no, that'll still be my turn. Alright, Dimitri, it is your turn. I believe I'm on my fifth round of rage. So. Uh, one, two, yes, five. Good, so we're still going strong there. Um, I am going to cast Great Axe. <laughs> Fantastic. My favorite spell. <laughs> um, that is a 21 to hit. Oof, yes. And that will deal 7 plus 4 is 11. 13 points of slashing damage. Fantastic. Oh, uh, the, the the second swing, uh, I don't think a 12 will hit. No, two points shy, unfortunately. And uh, that is all I can do on my turn. Okay. We are on to Sickus. The enemy is very much not looking good at this point. 
Okay, we'll try another spell. This time I want to make an attack roll. Oh, for fuck's sake. Alright, uh, let's just, we'll just move on to the ice breath. Okay, um, let me get my rolls here. Ah, not plus 12. 18, so I'm assuming that succeeds. Yes, for half damage. Alright. So, six. Okay. It is still standing, but not by a whole lot at this point. It is going to repeat the same round it did last time. First attack on Aaron. Oh, minus a d4, but still that wouldn't hit you. Mm-hmm. Second attack, that definitely does not hit you, Sickus. And then for the last one with a five, that does not hit. And then the very last one, another five on Dimitri does not hit. So that Bane has definitely been worth that spell slot. So we move on to Dunkel. That was quick. <clears> oh, <throat> uh, lather, rinse, repeat. Take a shot. Uh, 15 plus 21 total. Yep. Damage is... Oh, 10. <laughs> and 8. All right, so 18 total points, you 18 said? 18 total damage. That is enough. Once again, you are able to slice it. The throwing knives, or what are you using? Uh, just the short bow. Short bow, all right. You shoot an arrow and it lands straight into a crack that Dimitri's great, great axe uh, created earlier, and it lodges squarely within this night scorpion, and it falls to the ground limp. Nice. All right. After this point, we will go ahead and we have been playing for over 90 minutes now. So we will go ahead and give our impressions on the classes, how they did and uh, what you are looking forward to. (laughs) Thank you. Um, What you are looking forward to next week. Once again, you guys have got to join the discord if you are a part. It is a ton of fun watching all of these different things fly across recording text. And you are able to listen in as well while we are recording as long as you join. So, we will go ahead and start at the top of the Discord, not to put anybody on the spot, but Lydia, what would you like to say about your character? Gosh dang it. I know, right? I hate at the top. I know, gotta change your nickname to put you on the bottom next time. Start it with a Z. Suffering from success. <laughs> yes. So, what did you like about your character? What are you looking forward to next level? Uh, any improvements that could be made? So on and so forth. Um, I would say that uh, so far, uh, the, the, the definitely the strength that it leans into is definitely when it comes to humanoid targets. It is, it is definitely a, a, a more uh, character-focused uh, in that regard, and it, it does uh, somewhat rely on that. You could say a bit too much in that regard, but no more than most, cl- but it still has the same sort of core sort of underlying mechanics that most clerics have, so it's not really lacking for options. Um, in that regard, though, I did enjoy the flavor of it, though, and I did enjoy sort of role-playing that aspect, even if I didn't take it very seriously. I would change a couple of things, though, if I go back and revise it. I would have the uh, negative to wisdom and charisma scale a bit better, so probably of proficiency rather than your wisdom modifier. Um, more in line with stuff like Hexblade and, and things that would scale a bit better with levels, especially considering it is actually quite powerful. Um, uh, aside from that, I had also, I noticed a bit of wording that I got, uh, that, that really does limit it a bit more. Uh, cause it does specify that the aura affects hostile targets. 
I think, and I, I, and I was thinking as I was going, like that really does limit the feature a bit. So what I would probably do is I'd go back and just say any targets you choose are affected by this aura because at the same time you want to be able to scare the pants off of just people you find out and about. You don't be limited to just people who try to attack you with glass bottles. So that's that's definitely two things I've I've picked up and will be going back and looking at. Fantastic. Alright, on to Micah. Very much fun having yes, I am very pleased with everything that I've been doing today. Um in all honesty, so far Except melee classes early game, you're fairly limited with what you can do. Um, I feel like Braden's edition of the Siege Sling was very critical in really giving it a lot of early game flavor. You know, you don't see a whole lot of barbarians running around hitting things from a distance. And <laughs> so, you know, having that as an option is really nice to. Uh, you're just going to add a little bit extra to a, a class that's already ridiculously fun. I mean, anytime you can just, you know, I'm going to get angry and hit stuff really hard. Well, why not get angry and hit stuff really far, hard from 20, 30, 40, 120 feet away? <laughs> um, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing how some of these other uh, features that he's created play into the idea of just this massive that is a building and i don't want it there anymore type character um i haven't really noticed anything that jumps out at me like i said early game there really isn't a whole lot to mess up when it comes to uh melee classes so it's i'm I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of crazy shenanigans dimitri the semi-carnivorous minotaur siege engine can get into fantastic uh, let's see here. On to Stygius. Okay. Well, I pretty much just did rogue things, I believe, the entire time. Uh, the cultist being half warlock, half rogue hybrid. Uh, the, the patron that I chose gives me a language choice of Sylvan, which we didn't use. And obviously in a limited one-shot campaign, there's a chance you're going to miss some of those things. Uh, also, I have resistance to force damage. Since we didn't come across that, it never came into play. I did have <clears throat> Eldritch Blast but I have a higher dexterity modifier than intelligence modifier, so to hit, I wanted to make sure. Not to mention, sneak attack can be added from my ranged weapon. So until ninth level, like, I think next time we're doing 10, is that right? Correct. So next time, I'll probably use a little more of that uh, Eldritch Blast, where I'll, I'll have a similar attack value and get sneak attack on a scaling value with multiple shots. So um, other than that, as far as the Warlock side of it, I cast Mage Hand, uh, or not Mage Hand, I, mean, I did cast Mage Hand. Uh, the illusion came from my my race, so I did miss the opportunity to use Hex. I think I could have done that earlier in the fight with the uh, Scorpions, but so very much, the first five levels very much rogue. Uh, it feels very much like a rogue, unless you're dealing with specifics based on your patron. And if you know that you're playing in a dragon campaign, you're like, oh, I'm going to choose the Fiend so I get the resistance to fire damage or whatever type of damage you're dealing with. Um, other than that, it's still very enjoyable. Rogues are always fun. <laughs> And it just has potential to continue growing with uh, additional uh, patron abilities at level 9, and then at level 13, and so on and so forth, more access to spells. So it's almost kind of like, I mean, it's like if you were to take the uh, arcane trickster and just say, instead of a wizard, it's a warlock, basically. And I, I love that concept. So I'm definitely enjoying it. I got to do some fun things. I I love Dunkel. I mean, what, what can you say? 
Fantastic. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions is how did it stack up to the Arcane Trickster? Uh, you know, I've never played an Arcane Trickster, but with Arcane Trickster, you have to... You get those... What is it? A third level, you get to pick a couple of couple yeah. of spells. It's probably the same thing. Um, are they limited to a specific uh, couple classes, are they? I believe it's just wizard or sorcerer. I, think, I don't remember. Yeah, what. so they're they're a little limited on that. And this one, you get access to the warlock spells. So like you can go with uh, some of those things that you don't get with that arcane trickster, as well. Um, I think really it's the patron bonuses that really make the difference. Is that you can pick something that's going to give you a resistance to a specific type, and then you also get advantage on charisma checks against specific. Uh, creature types like in one case it's fey in one case it's celestials in one case it's fiends so again if you know you're going to go into a um, descent into avernus you know that you can choose a patron that's going to help you kind of present into that as far as versus the arcane trickster since i've never played it i really can't give a full description on that but yeah. it's definitely have doing what you can do and seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish later definitely looks like a fun class and i'm very glad to have taken it fantastic all right zero yeah, um, I had I had fun playing it, and uh, um, the concept that I had, obviously being inside the armor. Uh, again, as a as a sucker for for minion based classes, there's always a couple things that I look out for that, in my opinion, can just make them or break them. And one thing is having to sacrifice my action to make the minion do something. Unless the payoff is going to be worth it, I, nine out of ten times, I just don't think it's worth using my action to have my weaker companion do something. Um, and unfortunately, this does seem to suffer from this at the moment, where I can either have my animated armor attack, or I can do something which just limits versatility. Like, yes, I had I had the dragon's breath thing going on it, but at the same point in time, I do think that. As, as worded or as intended, I, I don't know that that's how it would have gone. I mean, obviously, Bob, you let me do it, which which made it very fun and very powerful. Yeah. But, you know, as for the wording, it's like I have to give it an action each turn. So either I can have it go punch a thing or do a thing, or I can pull from my plethora of spells. You know, and what's probably going to be more useful most of the time. I mean, I think that's easily, you know, something that, you know, might... As you get stronger constructs later, uh, I feel like it might be worth it more to, to, to sacrifice your action, possibly, to let them do things. Um, but, I don't know, er, early on, maybe not. But later on, like looking at some of the constructs available later, I mean, you eventually can get, you know, a clay golem and a stone golem. I mean, I'll probably let my stone golem punch and shit. It's a, yeah. lot, of, it's a lot of damage. How do you feel that it would stack up as far as, like, if you were to, like, hold a concentration spell or you were trying to conserve spell slots, how do you think it would stack up attrition-wise over the long term? I mean, so, yeah, you you do get the... So, obviously, as a wizard, uh, your your melee capability is pretty lacking. You, you fall back on cantrips, um, you know, when you start running out of bigger spells. So, it, w- it would give you another avenue... Um, of combat, I guess, in terms of, you know, like you said, attrition as you're running out of spell slots. But even then, you just, you'd just you have to weigh the numbers of, you know, your cantrip damage versus your, your golem damage. And right now, like, the animated armor does, it gets two attacks, 1d6 plus two each attack. Um, but at fifth level, you know, my cantrips are also going, you know, 2d6 plus whatever at range. So, I mean, yeah. you know, you just kind of have to weigh that. Um, 
Yeah, um, if I might quickly, it, it sounds a bit similar to um uh one of the early issues that came from Beastmaster Ranger. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yep, but, definitely. But with, but with Beastmaster Ranger, um, one of the things that came from that was that you'd sacrifice an attack and then give that over to your um your beast, whereas wizards don't exactly have the luxury of having multiple attacks so it's very much an all or nothing in that regard um so i i think I, there might be a better way to sort of go about that so i don't know might sound to look at it again i've got something to toss on that because what lydia just said was exactly what i was thinking that it seems very much like that beastmaster and that was it kind is. of the the draw away from a lot of people enjoying the beastmaster yeah was because, well, it's either me or my, my wolf, so I'm just going to attack and the wolf is going to be a cosmetic addition and people felt like it wasn't really a beneficial thing to do that. So what I like about this, though, is that compared to the ranger, the wizard has access to bonus action spells. So True. if you can focus on, I'm going to build bonus action spells so that I can use my bonus action to cast some things using, and if they allow for higher spell slots, then you can take it full advantage of those spell slots in those bonus action spells and then say, I'm going to grant my action to command my golem. And so I think there you're, you're kind of double dipping. You're like, all right, well, I get to do something and he gets to do something. But Bob mentioned concentration spells also. I think that's fantastic because you can open up with a concentration, get some crowd control going, and then send him in to kind of tank. Because also, different than the Beastmaster, you can make these things during long rests, can't you? Uh, you, you can, which is something else that I didn't touch on. Um, uh, you could spend a number of days crafting the construct equal to two times the level of spell slot shown. And the other thing is when you make a construct, you have to use a spell slot. So as an animated armor, it's a third level spell slot. I don't get that spell slot back for as long as that animated armor is up. So I'm down a spell slot in addition. So it's kind of like an it's like an upkeep as you maintain that golem. It's an upkeep by forfeiting that slot. Right. So I'm forfeiting a, a slot to, to maintain the armor as well, which... Um, Eventually, you know, like it gets up to ninth level, a ninth level spell slot. I mean, I don't know about you, but <laughs> but meteor's pretty good. You know, what are you talking about? Ninth level arcane uh, missile, <laughs> right? So I mean, like 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 they mentioned, like that was that was the thing that I noticed going into. It's very much like the Beastmaster, you know, like you said, it, it has that Beastmaster effect. But yes, there there are builds like I, I did have other concentration spells in mind with this. Uh, like the dragon's breath was one, obviously, and that worked beautifully. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess we'll see how it goes at later levels. And then, and then, uh, and then one other thing that I think could be, you know, worth consideration is, is it's a school of golems, right? I make golems. Should I customize them? Like, there's no, there's no customization on it as it is right now, but it'd be something neat to be able to add a flair to it, like an animated armor plus a thing, you know? It definitely seems complicated enough that it wouldn't be something that somebody just jumping into the game would want to try that, because there's a lot of micromanagement involved. Yeah, maybe like a variant set of rules or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, yeah, if, if, you want a, if you want a complicated wizard, you know, you go with our, uh, the, the, the was it the, the lightning wizard that's in the compendium? Fulminology. Like, I so wanted to do the fulminator mage and make an Iron Man. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was I was gonna make a gnome named named Tonius Stank. Oh god! And... 
Is it either that one or the uh, what is it the, the the school of geometry wizard that's floating around that someone made a uh, yes um, that looks the, like uh, a lot of fun but yeah. complicated that's very complicated it yeah. is all right any last uh, comments there zero oh uh, no I think that's about everything um, like I said it, it, it's got, it seems fun it's got a lot of a lot a lot of potential to it as I as more spells become available. Uh, I think I'll try to come up with some more creative solutions to the action economy, as it were. Fantastic. Well, what a coincidence, because there will be more spells coming up next time we meet at 10th level. Thank you guys very, very much, and go ahead and everybody say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Homebrew. We hope you'll tune in next time. Until then, feel free to visit our website at www.theadventuringguild.com to check out all the source material that we used in this episode and to learn more about our guild. If you would like to potentially join the show or help support our podcast to make it better, visit our Patreon account at patreon.com adventuring. So thank you once again for joining us for this episode. Until next time, this is Guildmaster Bob signing off.